going on. Big fish report. A lot of things changing around on the fishing scene. Some oh, yeah. new things coming up that are wicked exciting uh, for us to talk about in the upcoming weeks. But before we get into the fish report, we have a very special guest. Our first ever fish bingo tournament winner. Her name is Ma Mally Lees. Welcome aboard, Mally. It's good to be here. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. So, guys, for those of you that don't know, earlier in the spring, we started a fish bingo tournament, okay? Uh, we were sitting around at the beachcomber one day, drinking around, thinking of fun things to do, coming up with all these silly ideas for a tournament, and we landed on a fish bingo. Dan, you want to explain a little bit more about it? Yeah, so with fish bingo, we basically took every species that is uh, local in, in our area, and we took and randomized bingo cards, and we sold those bingo cards to a variety of contestants. I think we had over, over 100 entries into the tournament. I think it was 124. 100, 124 people signed up uh, to compete, and the, the name of the game was you had one free space in the middle, and you had to basically catch, take a photo of yourself with a time uh, date stamp um, with a particular fish that's on the card. And as soon as you got bingo, then uh, you would be declared the winner. And it sounds like an easy task, but we re the randomizer really did shake things up a lot. And um, it was not as easy as, as some one might think it is. Well, it was easy for one person. Yeah, <laughs> Molly over, Molly over here. I know. Before the show, she said she was gonna, she would have been able to do it in a day. But yeah. <laughs> well, first of all, Molly, how how did you find out about the tournament? So my boss actually puts this on for like background, uh, not noise, but just something to be listening to in the office. And what he, our podcast? Yeah, your podcast. Oh no, good, <laughs> excellent. So he was listening to it. I was catching bits, bits and pieces of it, and he was like. I'm pretty sure you said this, you should do this. And I was like, you know what, I think I'm gonna. And my uh, fiance, he loves to fish, so I was like, this will be funny, I'll go home and say I'm in fish bingo and he won't know what to do. Because he, he's also a subscriber. Oh, no, nice, yeah. oh, Excellent. great. What's his name? Mike. Mike? Yeah. Oh, great, you should have came down tonight. And oh, he wanted to. Oh, he was next time. I told him he wasn't gonna steal my thunder, though. <laughs> yeah. Well, good for you, because you're obviously the big fisher person in the, yeah. in the relationship. So, all right, so what are the species you got? So the species I got was, in this order, uh, striped bass, uh, largemouth bass, a pickerel, the feet, the free space, and then the smallmouth bass. So, ooh, big freshwater heavy. Yep. So that was a big part about the, the whole the tournament, too. Not, not, not necessarily what fish you're catching, but they have to be in that order. And that sounded like a nice local area to go. Yeah. Yeah, but you also mentioned to us earlier, you almost had a second the second one as well right no not almost i just thought that i could do the second so oh okay what was on the second one that you thought you could have got so i know that uh i think it was benito um the what's it called black sea bass black sea bass and then maybe a fluke or a flounder there you go. So yeah. you're fishing on the south side a little bit too then. Yeah. You have that opportunity. Mm -hmm. So, all right. So walk us through. Oh, first of all, have you, what's your relationship with fishing? Have you always been a fisherwoman? Did you just kind of pick it up? Talk to us about yeah. that. How did you so start? Yeah. So my whole family is commercial fishermen. Oh, no kidding. Down in like New Bedford. My dad um, was a dragger captain on his own fishing boats for, I don't know, 40 years maybe. No kidding. Yeah. My uncle, he does the scallop boat. Um, my other uncle, another scallop boat. My cousins, all captains of scallop boats. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's in my blood. <laughs> no kidding, they're still running all those operations? Yep. So you must have had some childhood. You ever get on the boat and... He'd take me to go get ice, like, across the harbor, but... Yeah. yeah. It's not really a scene you want a little kid at. Yeah, no scalloping no. for you? Yeah, no. Well, oh. just, yeah, imagine, like, a seven-year-old on a dragger, not <laughs> getting in the way. <laughs> we gotta get in contact with you now. I would love to go on that trip and, like, just see what it's like and write a blog or do a little video on oh, yeah, it. Oh, yeah, I'm, sure, would be, I'm sure they'd take you, like, on a day trip or something like that. Dude, let's yeah. do it. Yeah, that would let's be awesome. Yeah. Winter scalloping? I'm, yeah. I'm down. They all they do the lobster, too. Yeah. Uh, that's, like, their hobby. So when they come in from fishing... <laughs> <laughs> they go out um, lobstering. No kidding. Yep. It's in their blood, right? Yeah. Absolutely generational. You Portuguese descent? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Big Portuguese pop. I'm Greek, so like we like my family's got a lot in the fishing industry and stuff too mm -hmm. growing up. So and, and I'm like, Italian. We're just good at everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just ask them. <laughs> All right. So you you grew up fishing down there? Yep. Yeah. Did you guys have a, a boat that wasn't a dragger for you guys to fish on? Did you fish from shore? No. So I did. Whenever I do any type of like sport fishing i'd be doing that with my uncle yeah um he'd take me uh he had a friend that had a 
a charter boat, so he'd take us out and we'd do we'd go for striped bass. Um, sometimes we wouldn't catch anything, so we'd just do scup with like a chum bag and just be reeling them in. Scup are right. You ever caught one? Oh yeah, yeah, down yeah. the cape. They're a lot of fun. We caught them uh, when I used to go to Montauk with my mm-hmm. buddies. We would uh, we'd catch scup and then live line those for stripers a lot of time. Yeah. But man, I wish we kind of had that little fishery, just a little something extra, like you said, like oh, striper fishing slow. Let's let's go catch some scup or yeah. something like that. So mm-hmm. that's what's always an advantage down there, down the cape. Yeah. So it's really cool. And before I ca- I moved up here, um, I had never even tried to fish for striped bass. Um, any other way but trolling yeah the only way we ever caught them was just by trolling what would you, you troll can, um just like a i don't know maybe like a like a little jig yeah yeah like a squid jig or something okay. like that yeah cool um but up here you can put the mackerel on the line and they just go after it well that's something that we talk about here all the time is um you know our fishery is so especially this time of year so live bait predominant like our mackerel and our pogies are really important Mm -hmm. to us i mean every day i'm going out there trying to get live bait for my charters whereas down that way down the cape it does they don't have as many mackerel and stuff like we do so they're a little bit more responsive to lures and things down there yeah so it's really interesting how the geographical difference um has totally different techniques because i know a lot of guys that come from the cape you know kind of struggle up here and then guys from up here go down there and again it's just different enough where you know you got to play around a little bit mm-hmm. it really is wild like talking to commercial fishermen that are fishing for bass down there you know they're, they're trolling x wraps all season and limiting it out on commercial fish whereas if you were to try that up here you know you're, you're definitely much better off going with mackerel yeah 100 percent. and uh yeah and just that's the other thing around here is just you have to be good at getting mackerel too yep i'm gonna take a little pause on what we're talking about because i feel i feel like on our last couple podcasts we've been kind of complaining about the mackerel situation a lot yeah but i was thinking about it the other day and it's actually not that bad it's just been pain you know i was thinking about it i don't think there was any trips this year where i was like oh man i wish i had live mackerel well there once was a day where you could go to the same spot every single time get like 60 of them in like 10 minutes Mm -hmm. and then you're on to fishing and now it's a little bit of work you got to do a little bit of moving around you got to let the chum work you got to you know, or you just got to find them, but seem to find them every day. Yeah, it's just it's just the gas burning, and it's like probably takes an extra twenty minutes, and, and normally would. But it, it's been it's been good, so I don't want to I don't want to make it sound like it's been absolutely terrible. Yeah, and and I, do, I, I always feel like the days that we come out to do this is like a tough mackerel day, so yeah. it's fresh on my mind. Yeah, well, the other part of it too is predatorial fish, and um, you know, having the bass around, and then even all the tuna that came in, there were so many of them. Like clearly, these schools are just getting pushed around everywhere. And now bluefish coming in. So. Oh yeah. All right, let's get back to Molly. And her deal. So, all right. So, the first thing you caught was a striper. Yes. All right. Do you want to share any information? Where did you get that bad boy? So, I got that around Manchester. Manchester? Yeah. All right. He'll kill me if he hears that. (laughs) (laughs) um, Manchester, Mass, or New Hampshire? Yeah. Yeah. I'll say New Hampshire. Manchester, New England. (laughs) I got that landlocked uh, striped bass. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, they swim really far up the river. Yeah. it up there. Yeah. <laughs> all right all right so that was the first one yeah. i think it was like june i think i saw in your uh yeah so that fish that i sent in the picture of that actually won me the tournament at um the new england boat club oh no yeah. kidding nice uh, what you get North for that boat club the north from here from newburyport yeah newburyport they- so you can fish up there and place it in the boat club down here i was kidding oh okay yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's funny <laughs> Yeah, so. so I that one was, I think that was second place I got for that, and it was, it had to be the, uh, like, keeper size, but it was the heaviest, and it was hard because it was June, and they yeah. uh, weren't really there yet. How much did it weigh? I think that one was, like, 15 pounds. So it was about 37 inches or so? 30, no. No? Um... Oh, no, probably around 34. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it had to be a slot size. Oh, nice. Yeah. So you had to get the heaviest slot. Yeah. That's actually the first, was that a catch and kill tournament? You had to kill it and bring it in? Yeah, we brought it in. Huh. I think they made chowder with it. Okay. And when they had, like, the little uh, thing at the end of the tur- tournament. All right, so yeah. that's how some tournaments, I guess, are still going. I didn't even hear about the tournament, so yeah. that's pretty cool. They got a lot of people um, in because it was a memorial for Kevin Mahoney. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was an unfortunate incident mm-hmm. that happened. Was that last year? Yeah, last after? year. Yeah. Yeah, it's too bad. Um, so you got the striper. Okay, good. Nice. Well, what came next? And then oh, wait, hang on. Did you catch it from boat, from shore? From, from boat. Kayak? Uh, no. 
Just in a boat? Yeah, in a boat. All right, nice, nice. All right, next one. Go ahead. The next one was the pickerel and the largemouth bass in at the same night. Same day? Yeah. All right, Massachusetts and New Hampshire. New Hampshire. All right, good, yeah. good. Any special stories with those ones, or just your typical run-of-the-mill? That actually was a funny story. Let's so hear it. uh the tor- the bingo was actually like the catalyst for me getting like a kayak because I I'd been wanting a kayak to fish in, and I'm like. Well, you know what? I'm trying to pick off this line. I'm just gonna go get my kayak. So That's I went awesome. and got a kayak, and um, we popped it in the water. And then my fiance and his friend also wanted to come. So he said, "All right, come down. I've got an Argo. I'll fish out of the Argo, and then you can fish off this little jet skate in like this freshwater pond." <laughs> and um, so we're trying to get that all down there. Then he realizes he doesn't have the plugs for the Argo. So it's like, well, what am I going to fish in? And then my uh, fiance goes, uh, I'll pull out a picture so I can show you guys. It's pretty funny. So we take the uh, Argo down there just to pull. Can uh, I interrupt you for one yeah. second? What's an Argo? Oh, it's one of those amphibious quads. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Do you know what that is? They've I never got like the tracks on them and then you could just pop them in the water and... Uh, all right, yeah. I want a, one. Yeah. Yeah. It, is. it was like big cool. in the '90s, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, it reminds me of that. Remember that TV show when we were kids, like the one on like Nickelodeon? Like, I'm pretty sure they had those. What show? There's like three thousand. That was the one with like they would get on like the motocross stuff, and then they had like the amphibious ones, and I'm pretty sure those are Argos. Okay. They look like little tanks, and they have yeah tracks on them. Yeah, that's what it is. It looks like a little <laughs> tank with tracks, and then you oh. pop it in the water, and it floats. Yep. No kidding. Yeah. Oh, I definitely want to check this out. I want to see one. They go for a good amount of money now because they don't make them anymore. Oh, really? Yeah. So you like the used ones? Yeah. Like kicking around? Um, let me try to find this picture because it's funny to tell the story when you see the picture. All right. We're going right. to have to try to explain this because we're not in the YouTube budget yet. <laughs> yeah, I know. So, <laughs> so uh, we get down there and there's this old like steel canoe. Yeah. So they're like, all right, we'll go out of that. And um, beforehand, we were... We had like a little tournament. We'll have to edit this a little bit. All right, that's fine. So um, he, he goes, we don't have any paddles. We're going to have to make some paddles. So I was like, don't. Make we're not going to tell you who made this to his buddy. You just have to tell us who made the better paddle. Yeah. So this was what they had to paddle with. Was He made that one. So that's like a huge like block of wood. Okay. Take to a pole. <laughs> it literally looks like a gaff handle with a block of wood yeah, electrical tape around it. So, did it work? Uh, yeah, but that's not the one that won like most functionable. Oh, there was a better one. So then I made this one, which was like, uh, let me see if there's a better picture. Wait, you can see that one. This is so funny. It was a dustpan on like a snow stick. <laughs> 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 it looks like you guys went in the back of my truck oh, and just right. grabbed it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's excellent. Way to be innovative. Hey, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Yep. <laughs> but you were in your kayak, right? So yeah, you, I'm in you my had kayak. your paddle. I had You're my good paddles. I'm good to go. They're in that. And um, when they first got into it, he goes, oh, my God, a little mouse. And it's like jumping around. I'm cracking up laughing because I'm like, you two are going to tip this because the mouse is going to like crawl up your pants. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No good. No bueno. So then he, uh, his buddy says, Mally, can I have your hair elastic? Because he was going to try to catch the mouse, put it on his hook and like send it out for like a bass. Okay, yeah, bridle yeah. it with the hair elastic. Yeah. I like that idea. So he's like trying to reach down and catch this mouse and the mouse is going everywhere. It hops on his pole and then hops back in the canoe. Um, <laughs> so it got to live another day. Have you ever seen, this was years ago, somebody made like a, a fake video for like PETA, like saying like um, these guys down, these captains down in like Mexico are using live kittens for bait and they were like putting kittens on kites with like little zip ties. <laughs> it was obviously a wicked big joke, but it's actually kind of funny. They're like, there's a chum bucket with like kittens crawling around. <laughs> it's so messed up. <laughs> so that most kind of reminded me of that. Um, all right. So, all right. You're there. You're with the boys. They're in the canoe fucking around doing their yeah. own thing but you're locked in you're ready oh, yeah. to go get and the fish and that whole night up. i was just reeling in fish because we were fishing with shiners yeah and they wanted to put a bobber and i was like never in my life have i ever fished with a bobber with a shiner i'm like you just put it in there let the shiner swim around so they were gonna see like all right i'm like you watch i'm gonna catch more than you you want to use that bobber you're not gonna catch them so we put the shiner on it 
just fish after fish after fish that whole night and they're not catching anything no kidding huh yeah. Ooh. any weight on the line at all just the, no. just the shiner on i the just hook. put the wow. shiner on and i just let it swim that's all that's actually yeah. one of my favorite ways to striper fish uh actually i've been doing it a lot lately this past week we've been fishing pretty shallow and we're just kind of stomping and, and throwing baits all over the place and uh, letting them swim around. No balloons, no mm -hmm. bobbers. And uh, I always find with the balloon, um, even in that same situation, it just kind of limits it. doesn't look as natural. I feel like my hookups aren't as great. Yeah. But when I'm letting them free line, uh, first of all, we get epic strikes. Like the fish come up and blow it up right behind the boat. We must have caught like 15 fish the other day with our mackerel, like, just underneath the boat in like six feet of water mm -hmm. or right at the prop it's just really cool were you getting any kind of feeds like that like in fresh water are they coming up and like hitting it out of the water and stuff like that or it was a little more tame it was more tame more tame yeah, yeah. god i've been freshwater fish with shinas in forever i mean they use them i would probably well, use circle i haven't since the days. hard water no, yeah. ice fishing that's yeah ice fishing right yeah yep do you yeah. use circle hooks for live lining those or just regular hooks? Just regular hooks, yeah. like the little eagle hooks. Yeah, the classic eagle claw. Yeah, snail eagle claw. <laughs> awesome, awesome. All right, so you got the pickerel and the bass. All right, and then then there was a little bit of a break, if I remember, and then you got the last one, right? Yep, then the last one, um, we got a tip from the guy at the bait shop at Straight Line. Yeah. He said, I know of uh, the smallmouth bass at Lake Atitash. Mm -hmm. So we he gave us like the spot in the lake where he said they'd be. It, they weren't there and we went to the opposite side and that's where we found it oh uh, there you go but so, it was, well, that's typically all, how it works yeah. with fishing information if someone tells you one thing you do the opposite yeah. <laughs> it works oh, out yeah. <laughs> yeah. all right so that was the last one how pumped were you when you got it did you know right away you're like this is the one i needed boom done i won this son of a bitch yeah so i was all excited but i was like this looks like the one that i pulled up the night that we were fishing and i got this large mouth and the pickerel yeah and they told me no that's not a small mouth it doesn't have red eyes and i was like i I'm pretty sure the smallmouth doesn't have red eyes, but I guess it can sometimes, yeah. something like that. No, in the picture, it was a smallmouth, yeah. so that's great. I've so I think I, I had a smallmouth beforehand, and I just threw it back without taking a picture. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Well, you lucked out because you ended up getting it a few weeks later. Yeah, the yeah. main difference is with a smallmouth, it has a small mouth. And it has the stripes. <laughs> yeah. That's what they were saying. They were like, it's got the stripes on it. Yeah. Was that your first smallmouth, or have you caught them before? No, I've definitely caught them before. Yeah. That's why when I pulled it up, I was like, this is a smallmouth. And like, no, that's just a tiny largemouth. And I'm like, I don't think so. And yeah, they, believe it or not, they're a smallmouth in the Merrimack River. And yeah, you, we've pulled one up before. Yep. Yeah, yeah. you catch them more upriver, and, and that then you had red eyes. Yep. Yeah. Um, and you were saying earlier, when we were, before we started this whole thing, we were talking about um, how that last one was a smallmouth, and you were kind of having some trouble. You were thinking about going back to your roots, right? Yeah. Yeah. You said yeah. there's way more smallmouth down on the south shore than up here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my, if anyone's ever familiar with Miles Standish, like you just can put your hook in the water, and that's probably what you'll pull up more than like a large mouth no is a small mouth yeah i've never never caught one i never caught a small mouth ever yeah no i i'm uh i would have like those uh, pumpkin seed um like little the sunfish salamander things oh, oh yeah i'm at uh, lake winnipesaukee alden bay uh, that's that's where that was where there and uh what's the other one that's right uh winnesquam those, yeah. both of those lakes when i was reading the forums to see where you could find like a small mouth that's what everyone was saying was win a squam yeah dude look at this she went all out looking <laughs> at forums talking to bait shops buying kayaks <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i think this is kind of like but you know we laugh about it but i think when we first started doing this we thought that'd be one of the cool things that people would do like they'd be like oh i need to get this one i gotta go figure out how i'm gonna get this yeah so like you're to hear you say your story is really cool because this is kind of like we were hoping to get out of it but you're the big winner and she won a $500 gift card to Hudson's Outboard right down the street here in Salisbury. Steve was really kind enough to donate this for, us for our trip. And I know I went in there today and he just ordered a bunch of bluefish lures, a yep. bunch of Rapala lures that are coming in because we have our bluefish arrived. So we'll talk about more on that later. But Molly, there you go. Thank you. Yeah, Molly. So just so you know, too, if there's anything in the, when you're in the store and you're not seeing what you might be looking for, if you just ask him, he can get it for you too. So a little bit of patience and oh, nice. anything you really want. They have a, he has a lot of lot of gear there that uh, you could you could choose from. What are you thinking? What's anything on the wish list? So I've been joking with my fiance, saying I'm gonna get a van stall and just like take it off the nice. rod and not let you touch it. <laughs> <laughs> It'll just be mine. <laughs> there you go. It's oh, awesome. <laughs> there you go. I don't know if they sell them there, but and tell Steve. Make sure you go in there. Tell him that you're the winner. 
He'll take care of you. Mm -hmm. He'll show you around. Have you ever been in there before? Yeah, a few times. Yeah, so, um, yeah, you can grab some stuff for your kayak. These got all, all kinds of boating things, fresh water, salt water, rods and reels. Yeah, but does he have Vance salt? I think you could might. taste. Yeah, <laughs> um, does, it, does he? Yeah, you can yeah. order it. It's in the book. Yeah, It's okay. in the book, so. Uh, yeah, nice. I, think I actually saw it the other day in the book. When I so do you and your fiancé do um, mostly, like, ocean fishing, or are you do mostly? Yeah, we do, do the doing? commercial stripe, striper fishing. Nice. Nice. Did you have a good year? Mm, not really compared to last year, but he did, we did, like, 1,500 pounds. Oh, nice. Nice. So, Sticking bad. around here, or did you go move yeah, all Yeah, just place? around here, which it, they didn't come up here this year like they did last year. Yeah, yeah it seems, seems like we're that 100%. And, like, quotas started. already done. Yeah, it ended last week, right? Yeah. And um, two weeks ago now, was it like two weeks, three ago? weeks ago? Is it that long? Beginning ago? of the no, month, I, I think August second, like two weeks ago. Yeah, it was like yeah. August second. I think they shut it down. Do you guys fish in the day or at night? Both. You doing that? Yeah, you yeah. do both. Nice. He's done. He'll go out all night sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. What's he got for a boat? Just a little seventeen foot, nineteen eighty nine Mako. That's all you need. Yep. That's mm -hmm. perfect. So, oh, that's cool. So you guys have this fishing background. Uh, how long have you guys been fishing together for? Um. Well, since we first started dating, that's like what we bonded over. We'd go, just go shore fishing. Mm -hmm. um, we'd go fishing in the marsh over by Plum Island. Yep. Um, we'd go down to the canal, Cape Cod Canal, brought him down there. Um, and then the next year we were together, he was like, we, we need a boat. So he bought his uncle's boat. So it was like the boat he grew up going out on. Oh, and he perfect. got that off his uncle. Then he put like a little Minn Kota on it. Yeah. Um, so that really changed the game. Awesome. So you guys do trailer it? Do you keep it on the river? We trailer it. Nice. Yep. So we like to switch around the spots. Yeah, absolutely. Especially if, you know, you're a commercial striper fisher. Yeah. I know, you know, guys from up around here were moving all over the place, particularly my, my guys that fish at night. Mm -hmm. uh, they were, you know, from up here to Gloucester to Boston to Lynn, Salem. Lynn, Salem. Yeah. So, yeah. And it's just you had to be mobile this year. Yeah. You had to be mobile if you wanted the big commercial bite. And, like, kind of different, like, in the daytime. I mean, we've been catching plenty of big fish. It's nothing to sneeze at. But it hasn't been like last year where, you know, almost every day if you were out there you you could catch a commercial limit yeah on big fish um this year it's been a little bit slower um but it's still been fun fishing's still been good i mean we're getting tons of slots a couple overs here and there and uh, yeah, all the schools I, you want i really messed up with commercial bass this year because i caught a tuna early and i was just like forget commercial bass <laughs> <laughs> no kidding no kidding uh tuna <laughs> tuna everywhere <laughs> That's I know. Right. I never got got a really a chance to go do that. How about you? you well, know, probably not in the seventeen footer. But do you guys ever sneak out on friends' boats or anything? No, go for a little tuna? I'd love to do that. I've never done that. I've done some fishing in Florida, but um, nothing up here like sport fishing with tuna or anything. Well, it's very. Uh, I don't like. I like tuna catching. Tuna mm -hmm. fishing kind of bores me. Yeah. Yeah. It's just. I don't know. I, we went out. So this is kind of a funny story. I had two trips the other day. Uh, I got done like at three o'clock at two thirty. I get a call from Kyle Davis, a good friend of ours, another psychopath, and he goes, "Buddy, blah 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 blah. There's fish outside on Jeffries. Let's go. When when's your schedule?" I'm like, "Dude, I got school in two weeks. I'm booked up. I got, I got no days off." And he's like, "What time's your charter over? Three o'clock. Let's go." I'm like, yeah, you know what? It's nice out. We don't have anything else. I don't have any other time the next couple of weeks. So at three o'clock in the afternoon, we ended up going forty-two miles <laughs> east. And man, what a beautiful day it was. We didn't see any tuna. I feel like we came up to one spot that was where it just might have happened. We might have missed it by like 20 minutes, a half hour. Um, but man, what a beautiful night it was on Jeffries. And I, I never really been out there. Um, well, never left at three o'clock to go all the way out there. But yeah, it was a fun ride. Burnt a lot of gas. No love for us. But you know, you don't know if you don't go. That's mm -hmm. part of the game too. Yep. So, oh, that's you ringing. Yeah. So. So what's next for you? I mean, obviously fishing's not done. Do you go year round, or what? what I'm kind of interested. Like, what are your interests for the seasons here? Do you move on to hunting? Do you do any hunting at all? No, I'd like to, but I don't. I don't do any hunting. Um, I'll go out with him ice fishing. He does a lot of ice fishing, nice. so that's fun. But um, I only go like when I know the ice is super thick. He'll go when it's just like really thin, and yep. you can hear it crack as you walk. I'm like, no, no, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> you gotta do Dan's ice fishing tournament in Haverhill next year. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, he, I run he, the derby at the Chadwick Pond and the Haverhill Hound Rod and Gun Club. Oh, I think he's done that before. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. It's a good time. Yeah, it was a good time last year. And the year before. Actually, no, it wasn't a good time the year before. It was uh, not well, for me. The year before, <laughs> we had amazing weather. 
it was like the sun was out. It was a beautiful day, but it created the slush on top of the that ice. Slush was oh. so it was like a foot deep. Mm-hmm. So like walking was whatever. The best part about it is Mr. Captain over here, internal compass like you've never heard heard about. He he goes to walk <laughs> back right. to the goes back to the clubhouse and he literally walks to the wrong side of the lake. Like a forty minute walk through slush. <laughs> I think I had a, I think I I don't even know. I went to go get something. I went to go get something out of the truck or whatever. I think it was food. I think we were grilling. And I'm walking and I'm like sweating. It's zero degrees. I'm sweating. I'm like, God damn, I'm so out of shape. But and then also I'm like, wait a minute, this is not good. This is not the right spot. <laughs> and I pull up. Here I am in the middle of a lake in Haverhill, pulling up my Navionics app to find out where I am to get back to the other clubhouse. <laughs> there may or may not have been beer involved though, so we'll we'll figure that one out. Yeah, that's funny. But that's always a good tournament. That's where we met James Jukes and got him on the podcast too. So that was always that was good last year. Yeah, I will say that um, I'm not going to disclose where you live, but where you live, um, the forest across the street, there's a fair amount of deer in it. Oh yeah, yeah. I'll tell you a story. Um, I'm walking with my dog trying to find some antlers because I'm thinking I'll give him like a little treat if he finds an antler he can gnaw on it for a while. Um, I had seen a bunch of deer, so I'm walking in the back of like my field and I hear crunch, 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 and then I see like a deer. So I pull out my phone to record it, and then all of a sudden I start hearing ting, 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 and I'm like, what the heck is it? I put my phone down. And I'm like, oh my god, I have like an enclosed field with like a lot of um, posts they're hitting the post and it's the whole um field's covered in ice so they're sliding all over and hitting the ice uh we had to have a guy come out there and put them down oh really yeah um right away two died and then two more had to be shot oh yeah we had to call a guy from uh what would that be called like fishing game yeah fishing game yeah animal control yeah and he had to come out and shoot them oh jeez so wait what were they doing they were sliding on the ice into a pole yeah they couldn't jump out out? so they were getting really spooked and they couldn't jump out of the field and they were just hitting the fence posts oh yeah it was it was something to see but we got some like baby venison out of it so yeah i was just gonna say what did you get to do (laughs) about the protein yeah Yeah. (laughs) so if you were to hunt all right if that was something you were getting into what would you do uh, what would like be well, your niche to start? So I have a pretty nice bow. So if I wanted to get into hunting, I already have the equipment. There you go. Um, so maybe this year. I think that's what I always wanted to do too. If I was going to hunt, I'd bow hunt. Yeah. yeah. It I seems also just too, got a new uh, bow. Yeah. What'd you get? I got a, um, uh, what did I get? I got uh, the Carbon Zion, the uh, Bowtech. So it's a carbon frame. Not like top of the top of the line, but you know, I mean, it was still pretty expensive. But the carbon's nice because it doesn't get cold. So it's always warm in your hand and it's super, super light. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, carbon stuff. Who was telling me somebody? Oh, the kid at the fuel dock the other day. You know, he's in high school, he plays hockey. Uh, I was just fueling up and he told me, and I have no idea. I haven't, I never played hockey, but he's like, yeah, I just dropped like 400 bucks on a carbon hockey stick. I'm like, dude, $400 for a hockey stick? For some reason, I feel like that's it's a lot of money there for not much. I don't know anything about it, but it seems a little excessive. Yeah. I mean, I can understand like the baseball bats, but a, a hockey stick is there a big difference? You never played hockey, right? Yeah, no, I don't know. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Just, just lighter, lighter just and lighter. durable. So yeah, maybe you'll never break it. So you no. Well, that's the thing. I go, is it ever? Does it ever break? He said he snapped two before. Oh my god. Yeah, so I don't know. I, I mean, you break your twenty dollar winning one. Like yeah. That. <laughs> so yep. I could ask my dad about that. My dad used to own a sports store in New Report. I wonder if he had any carbon fiber type of hockey sticks. I feel like it's all newer technology. Like yeah. even those bent butts I just got, carbon fiber bent butt rods. Yeah. Super super light. Snapped one of them, but hey. You know. <laughs> I know. So it's, it's constant doing business. Talk about that. You got you went out on your first shark trip on your new boat, right? Oh yeah. So um, last weekend, um, my little two little cousins, they had just got one of them was just getting into fishing, so I invited them both out to uh, go out to Jeffries and try some sharking, and it was it was an amazing day. It was the the ocean flattened out it was like it was like greasy the water was so flat and um we made it through three quarters of one chum bucket and uh we had 12 fish probably could have gotten 30 if i have it was like me and you yeah and, uh, you know we probably probably could have uh by the end of it we were we kind of just pulling in baits before the sharks would eat them they were everywhere well so. you must have stopped right on them because i remember that day i was out there too it was about as flat and as calm as it could be right like mm-hmm. you, you had like barely any drift right yeah no so the drift was pretty slow but we did um i did a solid like half mile power jump like zigzagging around 
and uh but obviously staying in the drift and the goal was to to reach enter hill and um and never even made it there because the kids were tired we was getting getting a little later and it was just like all right we were going slower than anticipated but we made it we were close but almost got there but we got plenty of fish it was awesome but i got those uh the talica rods um talus the talus talus, sorry the talus rods and they have carbon fiber bent butts on them and i paired them with uh 15 arrows the okuma 15 arrows so the whole setup itself probably weighs all of three pounds yeah you know they're super super light and um and the 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 kids that i were with was so small that my fighting belt was actually way too big for them no matter how what size it was <laughs> so i was like all right i just broke out the d saver the phone pad phone pad dude and all my like, clients are asking me about what's this d saver thing <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. so the phone pad went on the end of the button they were fighting them stand up and then when they got tired they started going in the rod holder but um i had an absolute beast of a blue blue shark it was about 400 pounds and probably about 12 or 13 feet long and um unfortunately he decided to run i mean i only fish with 80 pound tests too like 80 pound is that's that's, that's my jam all you need, 80 yeah. pound you can catch any fish in the sea and um yeah it was the ma- the rod was no match for it unfortunately unfortunately i snapped it just would it just get a sharp angle down into the boat or yeah you know it was a little bit a little bit of a high stick on my part but it wasn't anything that i wasn't typically doing you yeah. know so it wasn't anything that i don't know it was the form i was used to so now i know though you know um shimano was kind enough to replace the rod for me and um, i'll be getting a new one and i know what not to do next time with a 400 pound shark right. <laughs> mally have you ever caught a shark before like a blue shark or anything like that no i'd love to though oh, i would i'd like to get it offshore like no onshore Oh, from yeah. the from the beach. Yeah, I think that. So you're be a looking at fun. like dusky sharks and things like that. Do they? Can you still fish from from the beach? I don't even know brown sharks. Duskies. I think I don't think you're supposed to take them out of the water. You can't take them out of the water. Is that like just a mass thing or all over? Federal now. Oh. Yeah, they changed it. We don't really get them up here. So, well, that's a topic for honestly for I think for another day. Yeah, but like the topic. battle on sharks has just been like ever since I can remember. There's always just there's a there's a group of people out there that it's, there's a, a war on the shark fishery. Yeah, so. no. As long as you just you know be respectful. I mean, we can't keep makos anymore. That's new this year. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, but like you shouldn't be killing blue sharks anyways. There's no real food value or anything like that. But I do feel like everybody has to go shark fishing at least once. Actually, my clients who I had out um, the other day, um, I had them for him a few times, but I had them for a shark trip a couple weeks ago. And then I had him for a striper trip a couple days ago. And uh, the guy was saying, you know, I said, this is my bucket list thing. This is just one thing I want to try. He goes, now it's going to be a yearly event. That was a blast. And I think we caught like 10 or 11 sharks that day. We went home early. They were all wiped. He texts me the next day. I'm so sore. That was great, you know. And then I actually had back-to-back shark trip days. And after two days of catching like 30-something sharks, man, and a couple <laughs> wet rides home, I was beat i remember the next day waking up for my bass trip every bone was cracking i'm getting old i'm getting old it is exhausting when you have to do everything it right? is when you have to do the to me you have to get the chum ready you have to get all the everything rigged up because like with, with my experience i was rigged and ready by 11 p.m and i was up at 4 a.m to go to the boat get everything out there and then you know when you're fishing with people that don't really have the experience of it you got to teach them and show them how to even operate the reel yep never mind uh you know reeling the thing in and then you know right there and then tying all the haywire twists and the the leaders and getting everything ready and it's uh it's a lot it's just a lot of work yeah but the good news about shark fishing even though it's like a lot of work getting started once you're out there it's pretty simple fishing yeah you know you just throw the bucket out i mean there's obviously more intricacies added to do a little bit better one of the things i was pumped about we kind of had a um a weird wind against tide kind of thing Mm -hmm. one day and i lined up my drift and like typically on a shark trip i want to drift six miles seems to be the number like if i drift six miles like i feel like i had a pretty good day and uh you know during that drift you want to set it up so in that six miles you hit everything as much as you want of the good water that you want and you know i i take a lot of time i take about 15 20 minutes before i put a rod in the water to figure out where i should start to get me push to the spots i want to go so over a six mile drift dude it was perfect i went through three waypoints perfectly in a straight line yeah and right along two perfect edges that we kind of hopped between 180 220 180 220 and we had a great day and i went back there the next day and pretty much went on that same line but it wasn't as windy the wind shifted halfway through and we only made it three miles 
but we actually stopped kind of right in the spot where we were really hammering them the day before. So when I went out, I felt like Christopher Columbus. <laughs> I went out and I stopped like four miles short of where I wanted to end the drift. And you obviously need to figure out where you were drifting. So I waited for five minutes. I let the boat drift to see what it was doing on the chart. And then what I did was is I took um, a straight edge of an X-Wrap box. Yeah. And I just held it up to the chart and at the angle. And I swiped over to exactly where I wanted to land. And then I set the waypoint to where I wanted to start. So then I just drove up to the starting point and sure, sure as shit, it was like the best drift I ever could have asked for. Yeah, but that's exactly it. That's what I'm doing. I mean, I like how you took the X-Rap box. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what we call that in math teacher world? When you had that line, you slid it over. So you guys remember high school math at yeah, all? Yeah, as soon as you say it, I'm going to know. Yes, it's a translation. Oh, so you yeah. took that line, you translated it over to the right. Sorry, guys, I got school coming up next week. I got to get back in my back in my zone here. But that's what I. That's like one of the things I talk about in my seminars when I talk about shark fishing is using electronics. And I do a course over ground vector and a heading vector. So what that means is from wherever my boat is drifting, I have my fish finder set up to have. I call. I put it at infinite, where the line just goes off the chart that's showing me where I drift. So if I stop my boat. I wait five minutes. In that five minutes, you know, I get bait on. I get things rigged up. I get things set to go. I go back. I look at my fish finder. I look at my track line that uh, where I went, and I match it up to my um, course over ground vector to where I'm going. And then I just mentally translate that over and see where it's going to hit and give me the most uh, amount of action. And I, th I say the most important part about shark fishing is the first 15 minutes kind of setting up. So... You know, that's the difference from going out there and getting two, three, four sharks to getting, you know, half a uh, dozen, 15, 20, whatever it may be, if you really want to put the work in. So. And there are days you can do it in a 17-foot Mako, just saying. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. You can well, there. I think I did have another line, but I said no way because I thought I wouldn't be able to catch a shark. Ooh, so, well, I don't know, man. You got to ask around. You're on the podcast now. People might, might want to take you out and go. <laughs> I know... Uh, but that's the thing about shark fishing too. You know what I can't stand about shark fishing is other people talking shit about shark fishing, because everybody you know wants to go catch a tuna. Yeah. Obviously, that's the grand prize of everything. Tunas are great. Don't get me wrong. But like, you know, some days you just gotta go out there and have fun and bend a ton of rods. Mm -hmm. You know, people who are bitching about blue sharks ruining their tuna gear. Okay. Well, it's because you know that's not your intended target. You're fishing with 130 pound class reels. So they're not as fun, but you drop that down to a TLD 30, a small 50 wide, stand up, you know, they become a blast. You know, we caught sharks anywhere between the 100 pounders we were catching on our Torium 16s and the 400 pounders that have been out there. We've been fishing with that 30s and 50s. So, Manny, I'm just going to turn this. I think that's the, the wind getting into Yeah, that. we are broadcasting live from yeah, the uh, Copa Gabbana, so here. a little bit of wind going on. Yeah. <laughs> you know, still can't get out of the wind around here. Yep. And then, um, all right, so anything else you want to talk about the tournament before we kind of go into the rest of what, what we've been doing around here? Uh, I just had one question. Did yeah. you have a lot of people buying multiple bingo uh, things or just one per person pretty much? No, so pretty much if you remember, you got a free one with it. And, uh, yeah, we had some people buy like five, and then mm -hmm. they matched up with another five or something like that. We had one guy buy like, I think the most was one person would get five and then double it up so 10 was like the most we sold for one person yeah yeah but the, no there was over 120 cards out there and uh, hopefully next year it's something that that grows yeah into you it. have uh you got to be the reigning champ next year yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> you're gonna have to go on tour with us over the over the winter you know what I, I, I will say i will say that i feel bad for anyone who is waiting for a bluefish because they're finally here <laughs> i know well, what about the person yeah. who needs an albi or something yeah. Yeah. Like, like, they're just praying for like another week or two because yeah. we still have a second prize right yeah we do yep yeah, yeah so. we have a nice uh, gift bundle from uh hudson's yep. giveaway so we still got you still got time to pick up one of those uh, other fish to come in second. Sorry, guys, this wind's just pretty nasty. Yeah, it's distracting it's okay. me. But um, all right, so we got the shark fishing down. Shark fish has been pretty great. Seems like you can kind of go anywhere. Um, most of the shops, last I checked, had chum. Although I did see in the forum, I feel bad. Somebody went to Crossroads today to get a chum, and there was one left. And uh, I already paid for it and kept it there for my trip in a couple days. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Hogtide has some, though. Yeah, Hogtide will have some. And then uh, Straight Line will probably have some. Right? Yeah, Bridge Road is also another place where you can get Shark Chum. Yep. Well, that wind is worse. Um, you just want to pause it for a second see if this dies. 
No, no let's just, just keep going. Yeah, let's we'll just keep roll. going. And then, like we've been talking about, bluefish. Bluefish are back for the second year in a row. It's like the good old days. Yeah, and I will say that I, I don't know, I have to take credit for it. Last week in our group message, the wind finally shifted direction. It was coming in, and I said, boys, the bluefish will be here by the weekend. <laughs> I, I went to Surfland a couple weeks ago, and I uh, got up my bluefish lures and ready to go. And uh, Liz goes, uh, bluefish in? I go, blowing east tomorrow, should be any day. And, yeah, they've been kind of trickling in, and then... The big one, uh, the big bite a couple days ago is when it kind of kicked off. So, so I'll give a good tip for bluefish. Uh, if you're if you're going to be getting next wraps or any type of, if you're going to go on Rapala, highly recommend orange. It seems to be the one that's working. Yeah, orange has always been a really big color for bluefish. And um, I'll tell you what, yesterday or well, two days ago, uh, we had a couple different colors out and the orange got hit four times in a row and then we switched over to orange on the other ones and then we started doubling up yep. and stuff like that so my so i go i switch up sizes like i like fishing those the cd20s and the cd30s and even the old uh, rapalas the ones with metal lips those yeah, are great that's, too that's what i was fishing with believe yeah, it or not i got them out of one of my buddy's grandfather's tackle boxes yeah the hooks weren't even rusty i was like these things are like brand new well that's why i kind of had to get new ones mine were a little rusty from last year so i i didn't have the hooks to swap them out so i just got the x wraps but yeah but i did get some like shallower diving x wraps uh when i did my first pass over they 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 go down to eight feet and um when i marked the fish they were in uh much more water and i went right over them and didn't catch anything and i was like yeah we got to go back to old faithful here and i put them on and sure enough next pass boom 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 yeah we did the same thing actually because i was starting off shallow i was like in i don't know 15 20 feet i just kind of pulled in through some lines and wanted to see what was going on and then I skipped out a little bit deeper, and once I got into like 30, I marked the pat, I marked some fish. We went over it. We didn't hook up, and I had the 20s on, so I just swapped over to the 30s, and then that kind of did the trick the rest of the day. So that a little bit of extra depth, and then changing the color to orange. Um, there are also a few other colors I like. It wasn't successful for me the other day, but one of my favorites has been the purple and black fire tiger uh, color. And there's actually a little bit of a story as to why I like that color. Um, when I was younger, uh, we used to have, it's now the Newburyport Boat Basin, but we used to keep our boat, it was ferry landing back then. And uh, God, I must, I must have been in high school, I think, late high school. And um, one of the guys at the docks worked for Rapala. And he had a good relationship with my dad. I can't remember his name. I don't even think I ever really met the guy other than just like in passing. Uh, we get down to the boat one day and we were talking about the bluefish we were in and there was a box that had about eight Rapalas in it with a note fish these way way back and they were the little CD18s like the little five inch uh, purple and black mackerel pattern and we went out there and absolutely lit it up and ever since then that's always been one of my go-to's I usually start off with one purple and one orange and see if there's any difference another one I like is uh, the green mackerel pattern you know sp minnows work pretty well um you know if you want to fish a little bit higher in the water column so do you have any particular colors that you like other than those no the orange and then uh, i got the the mackerel pattern with the uh it has the it's like the yellow belly with the orange streak in it oh yeah that's, that's the, the green mackerel one, one. yeah yeah yeah. Mackerel. yeah yeah so those those are always pretty good and then you know what else i used and we caught like about like four more bluefish on it the jig and spoon Oh, did you really? Yeah. Huh? Yep. Well, the spoon's nice because it's super durable. I, right? I almost want to switch all my rods to spoons and just find a find a school and drift over it. Yeah. I think I might do that tomorrow because the, the hits are so violent, dude. They're so much fun. Yeah, that's awesome. So what we were doing, we were trolling, right? And then we hook up, go over the school, and depending on you know how the wind was going, I was only fishing two rods. It was pretty rough, and there were a million lobster traps. And after about 30 minutes of fishing, there was about 50 boats there, so it felt like two. So it was kind of tight quarters. So uh, we only fished two rods the other day, but um, you know we hook up. And if we had a favorable wind, like kind of pushing us, um, and we marked the fish, I drop the spoon down on the side, give it to one of my customers here, jig this, boom boom, and we double up and it was a lot of fun i think i'm going to switch out another rod too maybe fish two spoons or drop a diamond jig on the other one because if you're aware and you get things under control while you're fighting the fish if you're mocking them on the screen drop something down on them drop something down and a lot of times you uh double up last year when we first got into the blue fish i remember the trip uh, we had a bunch of mackerel because we were originally striper fishing 
And then, um, you know, we'd hook up, double up, and then I'd mark things on the school and I'd throw a mackerel down. And it was like 50-50. You know, half the time we'd lose it, it would bite us off, or just bite the mackerel in half. The other half we'd lose, we'd keep it. So the other day I rigged up my rods just to be, you know, I knew we'd probably be getting some bluefish with that east wind. You know, it hadn't been confirmed yet, but I was prepared to go do a little bit. Yep. And, uh, you know, it paid off. It paid off having to jig something and drop down there quickly and pick off some extra fish. But they're big too. I think the biggest one we got the other day was 36. Well, that's nothing to sneeze at. We lost an absolute monster trolling for bass the day before. I, dude, it was coming in. I looked at it. I go, oh, is that a, that looks like a bluefish. It was really early, so it was still kind of dark. And I was like, that can't be a bluefish. That's way too big. And then it came up close. It was like a 38 to 40 inch bluefish. And then bit us off right there. Wow. Just missed it. Cool. So what else we have going on? Oh, I uh, just want to give a shout out to, uh, to Paul Hogg and the boys. Uh, we got the Offshore Classic coming up. Oh yeah, and yep. Uh, the, uh, their pre-registration they extended the date to uh, this, this Sunday, the twenty-first. You can enter. It's a shark and tuna tournament, and it starts September 9th and runs through the sixteenth. Um, it's always a good time. Seems like there's a fair amount of boats getting in there, and some gr- always great prizes. So, yeah, one of the best parts about that tournament is the captains' meeting before and after. We always have a great time hanging out with the guys. Um, you know, it's been going on. Jesus, must be like the ninth or tenth season. I got it. I feel like it's been that long. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, because the first one I fished in my sea hunt, and that was nine years ago, I think, when I had that boat. Mm-hmm. So wow, wow, I didn't realize that. Yeah, but it's a it's a good tournament. Um, good time of year. What do you fish three days? Is that what it is this year? I've, or I've two. I actually I have not looked at the rules and how much they've changed because we did not fish in it last year. So they made Correct. a lot of changes because because of the way the quota was working and when you could could or could not fish. So I just know it's the ninth through the sixteenth. And, um, yeah, you would have to check the rules. They do have a Facebook page that you can find, and it has all the information. Yeah, guys, so check it out. The, um, the New Report Offshore Classic, it's called now, right? Correct. Yeah, yeah, good tournament, good people. You know, we want to support the local guys around here. And, um, you know, the Tuna Bite's been, well, we don't really know because it's been closed, right? Yep. Yeah, it's been closed for a couple of weeks now. So Hoping to find out this weekend, though. So what a perfect time to go shark fishing if you want to get offshore and do something different. There's going to be no tuna boats out there that you're going to piss off, and none of them can come into your slick, and you have the, the world is your oyster. So yep. take advantage. I caught my first thresher the first time they closed the tuna season down. I was like, you know what? I want to go fish this area. There's going to be no boats there. And we were the only one, and we popped the thresher within a half an hour. Nice. You know, so... You know, uh, that's always something I'll always remember. And, you know, when, you don't, when you're shark fishing, you want to be away from everybody. You don't want anybody near you, at least three, four miles away from the nearest boat. Because you don't want anything affecting that slick. You don't want anything coming in and destroying that slick, spooking fish off or, you know, having it come to their boat. You know what was funny is when I was out there, uh, one of the party boats ended up in my slick, probably oh. about a half a mile away. And I'm yeah, like, me oh, too. They, must be getting, they must be getting dogfished up big time right now. Yeah. We got into a little radio argument about it. Oh, did you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think I told you that. It was, it was actually pretty funny. I just said, oh, you're going to get dogfished out. And then he just freaked out about shark fishing. But clients and I were dying laughing. He went like on this tirade <laughs> for like five minutes. It was actually absolutely hysterical. <laughs> but whatever, you know. Um, so what else we got? Bass fishing is still good. You know, it's not getting a lot of, listen, it's not June, all right? It's not June. For August right now, we've been limiting out pretty much every trip and getting a million 27-inch fish, you know, popping it hey, over here and Sunday there. Sunday morning, I got a 46-inch fish, so. Yeah, I know. Oh, that's, Dan. Dan's a fish thief. Did you know this? <laughs> He's an absolute fish thief. I'm not happy with him right now. God damn it. All right, so here's how the story of how Dan stole my striper the other day. <laughs> yeah. So we went out uh, the other day. We had some we had some time. I had a shark charter. It was really nasty out. I'm glad I canceled, but we figured we could scoot out in the morning. Uh, the guys on the shark trip didn't want to do a bass. It was kind of late minute, so I'm like, you know what? I'll go fishing with, with Dan. And oh, that was Saturday morning. Saturday Sorry. morning, yeah. yeah. So nasty, nasty day out there trying to get mackerel. And, uh, but anyways, we found them, we got into the fish and it was so kind of windy and we were marking so many, instead of trolling, we just decided to drift. So all we had were humongous mackerel, like humongous mackerel. And every time I put mine in, it kept swimming up to the top. So, um, we were at the point, these guys were fishing chunks and jigs and spoons and stuff. And I had one live mackerel back and it was just an absolute jumbo. So I cut my line, I put 
six ounces of weight on just to keep it down on the bottom where the fish were. Plopped it down there. We kind of drifted out of the fish. I'm like, all right, guys, reel them up. We're going to go reset the drift. But I'm like, I'm going to troll this one back. Stuck it in the rod holder. Made it about 10 feet. Rod goes off. Dan's right there. He grabs it. Ends up being like a 46 or 47-inch striper. All right. So I will say, Captain was <laughs> driving the boat. All right? I'm not really mad. Yeah. I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just goofing around. But this fish, it was interesting because it didn't even hook on the first strike. So the rod pulled. And I was like, all right. So I take the rod out of the rod holder. And then I did what any good fisherman would do, is I, re- I, re- I released the spool to drop it back. It whacked it again, and I didn't get the fish. And I dropped it back again, and then I finally got the hit, and I got it. So if someone didn't have that, have that rod in their, their hand, that fish probably would have swam on. You know, this is the first time I'm hearing this part of the story. I think <laughs> yeah. he's had a few days to think about it. <laughs> but uh, what else we got? Oh, man, school's coming up, so this is going to be my last week of chartering, all booked out. So thank you to for me, personally, everybody that came out with Mandolin Charters. I know Mike and I thank you. We were out there pretty much every day this year, and uh, God, it flies by, Dan. I was just thinking about the other day. I remember when me, you, John, Justin, and Mike uh, all went out haddock fishing like April 3rd or something like that. Yep. Like, I just no, remember are. coming down to the ramp and it being 22 degrees outside. And now next week I'm going back, you know, to the four-letter word. You know, you you occasionally work, so. (laughs) (laughs) So do you have a flexible schedule when you can go out and go fishing whenever you want, Mally? No, not really. No. I did, but now I work full time, so. Oh man, yeah, you gotta quit that nonsense. You gotta make. You gotta find time to go fishing. (laughs) Yep. Yep. It's kind, of, it's kind of amazing though like in my little circle of friends that are like my age how like between me you mike john uh we all kind of have flexible jobs when you know uh well me because i have summers off other than that no but um we have some time to be flexible if there's a good bite if we want to go early in the morning it's definitely a huge advantage for sure so all right what do you guys think? Good to go? Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Well, thank you guys all for listening. Mally, congratulations. High five that one. Boom. Yeah, Mally, good job. That's awesome. I'm glad you I'm glad you were able to pull it in. And uh, again, we have to say thank you to Hudson's Outboard for uh, giving us such a generous prize for this uh, tournament. And uh, $500 to Hudson's is uh, going to be well spent. You got to let us know what you end up getting. All right, I yeah, will. Van Stahl, here we Van come. Van Stahl, here we come. <laughs> yeah. is, we'll that, is the 500 bucks going to cover the Van Stahl? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> At least take a good chunk off, right? I know he's got a big shipment of Saragosas in right now, though. Yep. Yeah? yeah. So. Yep. All the, all the supply seems to be coming back. So. Yeah, actually, a lot of the shops recently have been posting a lot of stuff and things coming in. So. Yep. All right. Awesome, guys. Well, Fisher, I hope everyone has a good weekend. Hopefully, we'll be back. Uh, Uh, sometime next week or two. All right. Sounds good. Over and out. All right. Miles of the Merrimack. Thank you.